Xbox is going multi-platform. Well, at least some of its games are. Not all of them, though. And yes, Xbox does think the PlayStation put their, should put their games on Xbox. Of course they do. Tonight is February 18th, 2024, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. Making sure my buttons were still here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a I'm Back edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. You're joining us live here on this wonderful Sunday night. Thank you so much for being here. We are uh, do tape the show uh, live just about each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. That is where uh, I'll be trying to read intelligent comments uh, throughout the night. Uh, we actually have a hype train going on. Uh, it, it's not, it, you know, we had an amazing hype train last week when I wasn't here. It's like a level six hype train. Thank you so much for the generosity. Thank you so much. That does help us. Uh, it's tax season. And so we are uh, an actual like LLC just to kind of keep the, like it's it's not a money making thing, but, uh, you know, keeping the lights on and. Having this thing pay for itself, uh, the generosity of those of you who are able to go above and beyond, not all of you can, uh, it goes a long way. And I will shout out the people that have uh, contributed tonight at the end of the show. But we are a podcast. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast feed, you can join us in our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. We have a voice chat, uh, a text chat channel for the Bobby Blackwell Show. And people have been posting things about uh, the Apple Vision Pro, things I'm not talking about tonight. Uh, and on other uh, topics, uh, I think um, there was something posted about uh, how Epic Games has an Apple iOS developer account in Europe now. Uh, so they can start doing things in Europe. So that's stuff that's going to happen uh, that people are talking about in there. And we'll probably talk about it soon uh, here on the show, but we're not going to be talking about any of that tonight. I will say that uh, one of the things also that was posted in there is sports ball uh, talk. And actually the quote, the hogwash quote from the intro to this show directly relates to that topic. Uh, so that intro I made in like 2012. So it's like that's been the same intro of the show for like 12 years. So all those calls, like most of those people don't even listen to the show anymore, except for Mike Deft, I think is in, in the intro and he's the only one that still listens, uh, which is fine. You know, that that's when you're, when you've been doing this almost 19 years, you get a lot of former listeners, but the quote at the end, uh, and, uh, it, it's, it's by his name was pimp method. Uh, probably still is. He just doesn't listen anymore. So that's why I say was, uh, but, uh, we were actually talking about EA sports games at the time and why, uh, like when they moved uh, from the PS2 to the PS3, because that was around the time of that quote, why did the PS3 version of Madden and NCAA football uh, not have all of the same features as the PS2 version? Because they would, and EA does this where they'll release the version 
or at least not right now because everything's backwards compatible. But, uh, you know, they would release the PS2 and the PS3 version and the PS2 version would have way more features than the PS3 version. Uh, and, and this, and, and then it would take a couple of years for the PS3 version to get some of the features of the PS2 or in the case of NCAA football, never actually getting the same features. Like the, those features never came up. And the reason that happens, and this is the part that's in there, it's because when they start with a new version, when, when they start with a new console generation, they essentially start from scratch. They can't. It, it, and it was more prevalent back then because the PS3 architecture was very different from the PS2 architecture. Uh, so they couldn't just take the PS2 cord, uh, code and just make it work on the PS3. They started from scratch and made a new engine in the PS3 using a lot of the lessons learned. But that translates into the features. So how does that, uh, how does that uh, relate? Uh, well, me being a big fan of college football here in America because... Um, not this year, but the past couple of years, I've been um, I've, I've been drinking pretty good from the championship sauce, if you know what I mean. Go dogs! Uh, and uh, EA has finally put out their college football 2025 trailer uh, or the teaser, uh, saying that it's coming back uh, and that they're going to have a trailer, which is probably going to be on June 7th, uh, because there was a placard at the end and it had numbers on it, and it's June 7th, uh, and it's supposed to come out this summer. Uh, and that's definitely starting from scratch because the last one came out in 2014. Uh, but uh, college football video games from EA are coming back. I don't know how good it's going to be. I haven't played Madden in a couple years. Uh, I haven't even played the new EAFC. There was a little talk about FIFA working with 2K games to make a new FIFA-branded soccer game, which, um, great, you know, good, good luck to them. Uh, right now, EAFC is still king in the in the global football or association football scene. But uh, if anybody can take on EA in their sports games, it's 2K Games. So that's a really good partnership if 2K can stomach working with FIFA. Because um, it costs a lot of money to get FIFA stuff, as EA will tell you. But this is not a sports ball topic but those those topics also interest me because even though yes it's about sports video games it's not something that uh, a lot of us who who are in this chat room or listen to this podcast play uh it's actually really kind of fascinating how some of these licensing deals work and how a lot of that uh works under the hood and it there are development reasons why sadly it is the sports games are sometimes a roster update in the middle of a console generation uh and it's because uh, because they put out a new one every year for the roster update, and they don't want to just make it a quick little DLC to have roster update, they'll work on a new feature for a couple years behind the scenes, but like an update to the Dynasty mode. They'll actually spend like two or three years over two or three iterations working on it, but they don't put it in the actual game until it's done. So that's why like the Dynasty mode will be exactly the same uh, two or three games in. Uh, it, it, because they'll be like, okay, well, we've worked the last three years on Dynasty mode. That'll be this this update. The next year, oh, it might be some of the other, uh, you know, the defense. We worked on the defense for three years, uh, and the defense AI and all that stuff. Uh, and so that's why you'll get like one feature being updated every year because they actually spend a couple years on them and put them in when they're ready. Esther Nomad says FIFA needs 2K more than 2K needs FIFA, so they should at at first play nice. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, and EA has shown that 
they don't really need the FIFA branding. Uh, they they EAFC has done just fine, and it is essentially the same game without the FIFA logo on it. Anyway, Pod Culture says hashtag checked out at Sportsball. I miss you, Pod Culture. I hope you come back to the show because we do have other things that we're going to talk about that have nothing to do with that stuff. Because uh, I I referenced a rumor. Uh, two weeks ago, and then the rumor came to pass, and I actually said two weeks ago on the show when I was here, uh, that uh, I'll talk about it when it actually it actually gets confirmed. Well, it got confirmed, so now I'm going to hold myself to it, and we're going to talk about it. So, Xbox is doing what was rumored. Uh, so, The Verge reports that it's official... Microsoft is bringing some Xbox-exclusive games to the PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch. It's part of a broader strategy shift inside Microsoft's gaming business to grow games just beyond the company's Xbox consoles. So, CEO Phil Spencer was on the official Xbox podcast. And he said, quote, We've made the decision that we're going to take four games to the other consoles, unquote. Uh, Now, at the time, uh, they did not name the four titles, but... There have been some sleuths. There have been sources that have said we know what these titles are. Sources familiar with Microsoft's plans say the first two titles will be Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment, followed by Sea of Thieves and Grounded. Now, E3VLS, didn't they already do this with Ori? Uh, Ori and I don't know if it's Will of the Wisps or the, and the Blind Forest. I, I don't know. Uh, but Ori was a third-party title that was published through Microsoft but not owned by Microsoft, if that makes sense. So it's a different type of thing. I'm pretty sure the developers who made Ori, the series ORI, um, they are not owned by Microsoft. They were merely published through Xbox Game Studios and were allowed to publish elsewhere. These are actual properties that Microsoft owns, which is different from a property that Microsoft published. So, sure, they did, and technically, Minecraft, you know, uh, Minecraft, but when they bought Mojang Studios, Minecraft was already on other consoles, and they just continued to support it. So, um, Spencer claims there has not been a change to the company doing Xbox exclusives yet at the same time. He th- also thinks there will be fewer console exclusives across the industry over the next decade. So what he said is, quote, I do have a fundamental belief that over the next five or ten years, exclusive games, games that are exclusive to one piece of hardware, are going to be a smaller and smaller part of the game industry, unquote. So uh, Microsoft is framing this move as just four games that the company can learn from, testing the waters, if you will. But rumors have suggested that Microsoft's ambitions for multi-platform games go much deeper. Starfield was rumored for the PS5, and Microsoft was considering launching Indiana Jones on PS5 months after the Xbox launch. S.J. Matt says, remember when certain places 10 to 15 years ago held their noses about podcasts saying, ew, those are still a thing? Now we're getting breaking news from them. Wonder how those certain places and expos are doing. I don't have a shade button. I don't have the shade sound effect. That's not, that's not me, but pretend I played it here. Questbuster says, Pentiment is really good. I tried it via Game Pass. It's an RPG, but focused more on dialogue and the consequences of your de- decisions. It's also available on Steam. Um, 
uh, Mike Deff says that Ori uh, is like Cuphead. Microsoft helped with publishing, but it is not a Microsoft property. So that that's the difference. Yes, Ori was multi-platform. Hell, Cuphead was multi-platform when it was an Xbox exclusive originally. This is the first time like Microsoft is like, we, Xbox Game Studios, are publishing on a different platform. Pendiment is it's it's I actually played a little bit I it's it's very much it's done in like the style of like old paintings it looks like old paintings from uh, I can't remember what era but but it, it has a very distinct visual style and it is basically walking around and uh, doing dialogue choices and, and things like that so it, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I didn't continue with it. I got distracted by other shiny things, but I tried it on ba- ba- Game Pass, and it's one of the. It's, I, I'm glad that it was made because that game, Pentiment, would not have been made if Game Pass didn't exist. Same with Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush only exists because Game Pass exists. Spencer confirmed that Starfield and Indiana Jones are not part of the first four games, but he does not rule out the possibility for those titles to arrive in PS5 in the future. He says, quote, I don't think we should as an industry ever rule out a game going to any other platform. We're focused on these four games and learning from the experience. We don't have work going on on other franchises. But for anybody to stand up and say something's never going to happen, I think it feels like creating more certainty in the world uh, of gaming where you really want to respond to what customers want and what our players and creators are looking for, unquote. And I think that's an answer to Tiger Claw's question in our chat room. A couple of years ago, uh, a couple of years from now, so future tense, not past tense, I can talk, really. We can probably see other Xbox titles going multi-platform, like Halo, which is Microsoft's premier first-person shooter, could go multi-platform someday. What Phil Spencer is saying is, not today, but I'm also never going to say never. Because you don't ever say never in, in anything like this. Anything can happen. We never thought that Diablo would ever go to Game Pass, and Diablo 4 is hitting Game Pass in March. You never say never. Microsoft is certainly considering the potential for more in the future. Uh, So this article asked Spencer whether there will be more multi-platform games, especially if these four are successful. He says, quote, yeah, but we haven't seen that yet. We're obviously one of the biggest publishers on PlayStation and Nintendo today when you think about the Activision Blizzard and Bethesda lineup of games. So we know what it means to ship games on Steam, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox. These games that uh, these are games that originally launched on Xbox. They were Xbox-branded games, and we want to see what happens. He's talking about the new four. Because going and doing the development work to bring them to the new platforms is real work. We want to make sure that the return makes sense. We want to make sure the audience that's there has an appetite. Maybe they don't, unquote. So this is the first time they are going to be doing it. And and Sony has been, you know, kind of like one of the things that Sony said is that if Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, they wouldn't be providing PS5 dev kits to Activision anymore because they're a competitor. So now Microsoft's like, well, we're going to actually like publish our games on PlayStation now. The company talks about a need for Xbox to evolve to ensure long-term success for both Xbox and the industry as a whole. Microsoft's gaming business to be grew to be bigger than the Windows division thanks to the Activision Blizzard acquisition, so it's not in trouble. The Xbox business as a whole needs to get bigger, though. Microsoft's Xbox Series S and X console sales lag behind the PlayStation 5, and Spencer previously admitted its Game Pass subscriptions are slowing down. 
content revenue then could be a good source of growth. So remember, as a publicly traded company, they need to show growth any way possible. Uh, part of doing that is laying off 1,900 people. That is one way. But another way is diversifying and not putting everything, I'll put all your eggs in one basket. Because when they say Xbox, when Microsoft says Xbox, and this has been true for a couple of years, and I've said this for a couple of years, they consider Xbox an ecosystem. It includes hardware branded Xbox, but it includes Windows. Not necessarily Mac, but Windows. And then with the streaming, that is where Mac comes in, iPhone comes in, Android comes in, smart TVs come in. They want you playing Xbox. To them, that's not necessarily a console, although what they will tell you is the console is the best way to play in the Xbox ecosystem. It is not the only way. So where Sony and is in a console war, they want the PlayStation 5 console to win the war. Microsoft is not playing in the console war. They're like, we have a console, but we're not. So congratulations, Sony, you won the console war. PS5 won the console war. Congratulations. We want an ecosystem. So they're seizing this opportunity to put the games elsewhere or Xbox everywhere is the term that they're using internally. Uh, Spencer says, quote, we're making these decisions for some specific reasons. We make every decision with the long-term health of Xbox in mind, which means a growing platform, our games performing, building the best platform for creators, reaching as many players as we can. We're always lurking to learn as a leadership team and to grow. And we think this is an interesting point in time for us to use what uh, to use what some of the other platforms have right to help grow our franchises, unquote. So this interview with The Verge, which then spawned another article that I don't have, uh, but then it's, it's, uh, he said, I finished my interview with Bill Spencer asking him what Xbox is to Microsoft now. And Spencer says, quote, Xbox is our gaming platform and content business. It's the number one consumer business that Microsoft has. It's an important business. It's a consumer category that is driven by technology and creativity, unquote. But he never says Xbox is a console or a single piece of hardware because that's not what Xbox is anymore. Microsoft Gaming has grown way beyond the Xbox. Um, so there was, after this article got posted, there was another article that says, no, no, you should hear about the next Xbox console. Like the next piece of Xbox hardware is going to be amazing. Uh, we can't tell you any more about that, but trust us, like it's going to be amazing. And they have been working on the next Xbox hardware since 2020 when the Xbox Series S and X came out. Like, they've been working on it, period. Questbuster says, I can see Microsoft strategically using their titles on other platforms to sell the Xbox platform as a whole. The console will still be useful as a more accessible option, doubling as a nice media device like a Fire Stick Pro on steroids. E3VL says they should probably rebrand it so it doesn't include box in the name. But... What if, what if it's a metaphorical box? What if it's a digital box? Hmm? I, I, I Honestly, uh, when you've got that much uh, name recognition with something, um, and, and, and it's, it's become, you know, kind of a, 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 you know, not really a generic term, but it's like, you know, one of the, one of the main leading terms of an industry, 
it's really uh, an idiotic idea to change the brand name, even though X is a really cool letter. Questbuster says, I can see Microsoft strategically using their titles on other platforms to sell the Xbox platform as a whole. The console will be still useful as a more accessible option, doubling as a nice media device for a Firestrick Pro on steroids. I already read that comment. I'm doing great tonight. Fitzream says, was about to make a similar joke. I'm glad y'all picked up what I was leaving there. Because that's exactly where I was going. And y'all are smart. Y'all are very smart. So, do I think Halo is going to be on the PlayStation 5? No. Do I think a future iteration of Halo might be on the PlayStation 6? Maybe. Um, It really depends on if PlayStation fans and people who have PlayStation hardware buy Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded. If PlayStation fans aren't interested in that Xbox stuff then Microsoft's going to be like, well, they are not interested in our games. Now, because for a lot of players, the console wars are a very real thing. And I'll explain a little bit why there is a lot of console fanboyism and a lot of people who are very, very devoted to their specific piece of plastic. And it's not... Because they're, you know, it's not because they're just trying to be jerks on the internet, although those people exist. There, there are definitely people who are just like, I'm just doing it for the memes. But here's the, the unfortunate truth. Um, the majority of people, basically the, all of us are all kind of having some sort of economic anxiety in terms of, you know, the economy looks like it's doing great right now, especially right now. Uh, but not necessarily for us individually. And a lot of people, the majority of the gaming public, does not have the budget to buy every piece of every console. I know I am lucky enough and fortunate enough that I am, but I am not the majority. I, I am actually in the minority. So you have to choose. People have to choose which plastic box are they going to spend their hard-earned money on? Because they don't make that much money, but they still deserve to have entertainment. And so when they make that choice, they want that choice to be the right one. And they don't want the other pieces of plastic that they lost out, that they don't own because they can't afford because they got this piece of plastic. They don't want that piece of plastic to be better than the piece of plastic they bought. So that is why a lot of people who went in on the PlayStation 5, they are very, you know, they always make fun of Xbox and then they're very upset when Sony puts their games on PC. Because they couldn't afford a gaming PC. But now all those people that could afford a gaming PC, they're getting a better experience of the PS5 game than I am on my PS5. Or, you know, the people that bought went all in on Xbox because it was a lower price system than the uh, PS5. Of course, they want the PS5 exclusives to be on Xbox. Because they want to play those games. They might be like all those cinematic games, but they couldn't afford the PS5. And so that's why they will lash out because, you know, 
I'm not going to say it's quote unquote jealousy because I think that's the wrong thing, but it's they want to they want to validate the decision they made. So that is why the console wars exist for a lot of consumers, whereas maybe not at the industry level. And pod culture says FOMO, yes, which is a fear of missing out, F-O-M-O. That is why the console wars, you see the console wars a lot on social media and all that stuff is because they want to make their purchase count. And if they can do things like swaying public opinion on, on in very little way on social media, however they will, to basically hurt the other consoles. So maybe Square Enix brings Final Fantasy VII Rebirth to Xbox so they can play it. Uh, that, you know, if they can make their voice loud enough, then that benefits them and makes and has them realize that they're making the right decision. That's why a lot of PS5 owners really hated the fact that Starfield became an Xbox and PC exclusive because they wanted Starfield on the PS5. Dark Tetsuya says, uh, indeed, we would love to get a PS5 or a Steam Deck, but it's a little ways out of our price range. We were lucky to find the Xbox Series S two Christmases ago. Fifth Dream says, I bought a PS5 and I bought a PC there. I have both. And that's that's the great thing about, uh, that is one of the good things about digital uh, releases is that, you know, uh, the, the Xbox games, they're on Windows, they're on GamePad, or they're on uh, the Windows app. That's your Xbox app that's in Windows 10 and 11, but they also release them on Steam. So you can get the Xbox games on PC, and that way people can buy a PS5 and buy, they buy a PC. And you know what? Xbox is great with that because you're still playing in the Xbox ecosystem. That's what Xbox wants. They are fine. They are totally fine with Vithream saying, I bought a PS5 and I bought a, PS, a PC. There, I have both. Yes, Xbox, my Xbox would Phil Spencer would probably look at that comment being like, "Yes, you did. Congratulations. Enjoy some Xbox games." Mike Depp says this is probably a hot take, but I do think that the only company who makes sense remaining exclusive is Nintendo, at least nowadays. There is an argument that can be made that Nintendo could, you know. There are a lot of people that believe Nintendo should make, pull a Sega, and that way more people would be able to play their games. And they would ha be able to use a lot of the advanced hardware techniques that the other consoles have. Um, however, why Nintendo probably won't do that and why, why they will stay exclusive is because they have the trust of parents. Because we all made fun of, I remember 20 years ago, oh, Nintendo is kitty, GameCube is kitty, look, it's got a little handle, it looks like a lunchbox, wah, wah, wah. That makes parents want to allow their kids to play those games in that console because it seems it feels safer than the big black and white colored Sony PlayStation 5 or the big box of the Xbox with the little green things. Um, it just, it feels safer. So Mike Def does have a point that like they, but Nintendo's also playing in their own world. Like Nintendo does not consider the PS5 a competitor. Nintendo's like we're 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 in this experience business. We just happen to make our own hardware to make it happen. Bonds 006 says it's about what I can afford and the games I can have or play. My household has a PC, desktop, laptop, Xbox One, Xbox X, PS5, and Switch. The amount of data to download and the space to update is getting out of hand. 
Fifth Dream says that the best PS5 exclusives are coming to PC a lot now, so you really just need the one box and stream eh, and Steam, because a lot of, like as the Spider-Man games are now on Steam. Uh, so you, you you're starting to see even Sony, and I think Helldivers Two is a PS5 and PC release, and it just came out this week. E3VL says true, but those parents didn't grow up gamers. Parents of kids today were born in the nineties. They probably grew up playing some games. It, it hasn't. Okay, E three VL. The boomer generation aren't having kids anymore. Um, hate to break it to you, uh, but but they ain't having kids anymore. Uh, it is um, really the the people who are mostly having kids. They're millennials. Uh, so they were a, a lot of the parents of today. Uh, were born after 1980. So, yes, they probably grew up playing Nintendo. I know. time. It's weird to say it that way. Time passes really weird. Uh, and and it, it's, it's, you know, if Back to the Future was filmed today about, like, today here, like, or let's say Back to the Future takes place in 2025, they would be going back in time to 1995. So it's been a while since since the old oh the parents do you know parents of kids didn't grow up playing games yes they absolutely did I, I guarantee you they did and I bet it was a Nintendo maybe some of them were Sega households but they, they were they were playing Nintendo most most of them Nintendo. The, the cooler ones probably played Sega, and I just made some Nintendo fans mad, but, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't. But Nintendo is what Genesis isn't. That was the response that a lot of people don't remember. Uh, S. Jared Matt says, Boomer Generation is in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, like, they're not... Uh, it was 60s, too. They're still in their 60s, I believe. Because it's, I think... Yeah, 60s, because 1964 is the cutover from boom, from the baby Boomer Generation to Gen X, and that's 60 years ago. That that's why the console wars exist, and that's why I can't totally fault someone who does have like a very a very big console, like very big devotion to a single console, because I don't know what their personal situation is like. I don't know what their economic situation is like. I know that I am an outlier. Uh, I know that I have had privilege, and I am fortunate enough to not care which plastic box my game is played in. Right now, I'm playing Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth on Xbox. Uh, because I was able to get it for, to, for both Xbox and PC, so I can play it on my PC. But like in you know a week and a half, I'm going to get Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for my PS5, and that's totally fine. Um, and, you know that's good for me. But I can understand somebody who does not have that; they're having a lot of sad feelings if they chose Xbox and really liked the Final Fantasy series because the other Final Fantasy games are on Xbox. In fact. All of them from seven on, at least, have been re you know re remastered or re released or whatever. You can play them on Xbox, but you can't play Seven Rebirth, and you can't play Sixteen. And they're probably not happy about that because Xbox they thought they'd be able to play all their Final Fantasy on it. And people who are doing victory laps that are PlayStation fans probably are think it's funny that the Xbox people can't play Final Fantasy or God of War. They think that's great. And so they're they're trying to 
And and so that's why they have that because they're like, haha, victory lap, you know, kind of like when Xbox people talk about or thought that Starfield was going to be a victory lap for them. S. Jonah Matt says that the PlayStation 2 was probably the early console as well for a lot of uh, people who are parents today. Because remember, the PlayStation 2 came out, uh, it was over 22 years ago. Because uh, it was it was 2000. I, b- I believe it was October of 2000 is when the PlayStation came out in the U.S. That's 24 years ago. So somebody who was born the day the PlayStation 2 came out is 24 today and might be a parent. They might have kids at this point because they're 24 years old. So, uh, and yes, it was a DVD player and it spawned a copy of the Matrix. That was just the rule. Like it was, it, the Matrix DVD was not a pack-in for the PlayStation 2, but everybody bought a Matrix DVD, a DVD of the Matrix with the PlayStation 2. S. Jaren says, all right, this isn't fun anymore. I'm feeling myself aged. Well, let me change the subject a little bit. Uh, kind of, sort of, but not really. Uh, so what about the other direction? So we've heard that um, Xbox is going to make their games uh, available or some games on a case-by-case basis. In the first case, it's going to be four games available for the PS5 and the Nintendo Switch. What about the other way around? Well, Phil Spencer also talked about that. Video Games Chronicle reports that Phil Spencer would like to see Sony and Nintendo bring its games to Xbox, but he isn't holding his breath. Uh, in an interview with Stephen Totillo's J- Game File newsletter, uh, Spencer said the decision to bring four game- Xbox games to other consoles was not intended to make its rivals follow suit. Quote, This is not for me like some kind of bartering system. We're doing it for the betterment of Xbox's business, unquote. So despite this, Spencer said he would, of course, welcome other people's games on Xbox or other consoles' games on Xbox and noted it would be beneficial for multiplayer games in particular, where building a large online community is important for a game's lifespan. Uh, He says, quote, I will say when looking at a game like Helldivers 2, and it's a great game, kudos to the team for shipping on PC and PlayStation... I'm not exactly sure who it helps in the industry by not being on Xbox. If you try to twist yourself to say, like, somehow they benefited somewhere, some, somebody somewhere. But I get it. There's a legacy in console gaming that we're going to benefit by shipping games and not putting them other places. We do the same thing. Unquote. Spencer also noted that Helldivers 2, which Sony released on PlayStation and PC on the same day, is doing well on the latter, on the PC. He says, quote... I will say shipping more games in more places and making them more accessible to more people is a good part of the gaming business, unquote. So earlier this week, Sony president and PlayStation chairman Hiroki Totoki said that he wants the company to be aggressive when it comes to improving its gaming division's profit margins, which he says can partly be achieved with a greater focus on bringing first-party games to PC. During an investor's call, Totoki made it clear that he feels releasing first-party games multi-platform will be the way forward though he did appear to clarify that he was only referring to PC when he said that. Xbox would love to have PlayStation titles on the system. Uh, PlayStation, because, you know, there there are a lot of great things that come out of PlayStation Studios, a lot of great games that come out of PlayStation Studios, and of course Xbox would like Xbox players to be able to enjoy them. Uh, and because he feels that... Having more games available in more places benefits everybody. It's more sales for the developers. The gaming consumer who has chosen a box that they can afford now has access to all the games. What does it hurt? 
And what it hurts is that now people are less inclined to make the PS5 their choice. Because if they can play the PlayStation games on a cheaper machine like an Xbox Series S, then they might not buy the PlayStation 5 and get a play and, and instead get the cheaper Xbox Series S that Microsoft gets the money for and not Sony. So that's who it hurts. It hurts the people who want to who have made their entire business all around selling consoles, which is what Sony has done. Sony is in the business of selling you PlayStation 5s. Nintendo is in the in the business of selling you games on the Switch, uh, but also Switches. Microsoft is in the business of selling you games and make, in selling you entertainment. And they don't care if it's on their hardware or not. It's going to be better on their hardware, but if you don't have their hardware, they're okay with that. I'm sure Microsoft would love to bring Game Pass streaming to both the PS5 and the Switch. Uh, I, I'm po- In fact, I'm positive. I think I've, they've even said, I'm not going to really quote them, but I'm pretty sure they've said, we'd love to have Game Pass on PS5 and Switch. And what they mean by that is the cloud. So you would stream the Xbox games over Game Pass to your PS5. Michigan says, speaking of games and systems, I have a legit question. Do you think it would be beneficial if games that are on multi-platform let you continue your save file on different platforms? Like, say you have Bloodstained on PlayStation 4 and then the same game in Switch. What if you could continue your progress from where you left off no matter what system you're on? Uh, That is a very good thing, and people would love to support that. Uh, In fact, it is already supported on uh, Xbox versus PC. Uh, so if you buy a game that is on both Xbox and PC, and I'm going to use the game I've been playing way too much lately, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, uh, when I boot it up on my PC, it downloads my save file from the Xbox version onto my PC. So, And then when I'm done playing on PC, when I go back to my Xbox, it will download the save file from my, you know, it, it uploads it to the cloud, essentially. So there are ways to do cross-saving like that. Where that gets hairy for some developers, and this is not an impossibility. This is not an impossible thing to go over, uh, to, to, to fix. And E3VL brings it up. It's difficult to work for achievements. And with the, the way that achievements work and how it gives you kind of like a score, Xbox calls it a gamer score. I can't remember what PlayStation calls it. They don't uh, assign a score, but you see how many different colored trophies you have. That runs the risk of, you know, did you really get those achievements? Because now you can do what we call a man-in-the-middle attack, which I don't think you personally would do. But it is possible for that to be done, so they have to consider that. That is not an insurmountable problem. It's just a problem that needs to be solved. There is So, yes, and I believe there are some games that do have what's called cross-progression. Uh, where, you know, you can, as long as you are signed into the same master account, like publisher account, uh, your progression goes across. Um, however, where that stops being, you know, progressing is that if you buy content on one platform, and I'm going to use the term platform and not console, but consoles are a platform, uh, then they don't necessarily let you use that purchase content on a different platform because the platform holder takes a portion of the money. 
So like, and I think uh, even though I don't play Dead by Daylight, but now I'm waking up all the Dead by Daylight fans that listen to this network. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, I do believe that if you buy Dead by Daylight DLC on, let's say you bought it on the Xbox ecosystem, because Dead by Daylight was on Game Pass for a time. Uh, if you bought it in the Xbox ecosystem, it does not transfer to a Steam account, I believe. And that is because Steam takes a cut when you buy it from Steam. Now, your progression carries over, but you can't play with the DLC characters that you bought in Steam unless you buy it on Steam. So that's where it gets hairy. But once again, it's not an insurmountable problem. It's just a problem to be solved. But if you ask any game developer that publishes a multi-platform game that's single player and you ask, wouldn't it be nice to have cross save? They would be like, absolutely, yes. And they would love to do it. Um, but there are uh, business reasons because it's not really up to the game developer or the game publisher uh, you have to maybe you have to have the platform to be all in on it. And not every platform holder, be it Steam or Xbox or PlayStation or Switch or, you know, whatever else is out there. Not all of them are cool with it. Uh, some are, some aren't. So it might actually be a boring, stupid business reason as to why it's not more prevalent. But it's always something. So, uh Yes, uh, the developers would love to have the cross-save, and they do have some limited cross-save, like I said, between the Xbox platform and the PC, the Xbox version of the PC game. So, like, not if you... If I bought Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth on Steam, I would not be able to bring my Xbox save games into it. But since I'm playing off of the game, the Xbox version on my PC through the Xbox app downloaded from the Microsoft Store, then I get my save files from the Xbox. Bonds 6 says, what I'm hearing is they back themselves into a corner and we, the gamers, have to pick a team, that corner being money. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's always ways out of it. It's just you've got to get a whole lot of people with a whole lot of different agendas to agree. And so Xbox is... And Xbox typically recently has been taking that first step because also, if you look at the console market, Xbox ain't in first. So, of course, they're going to try to do all these things to try to get up to be first because I think Xbox realizes they're not going to compete with Sony in hardware. They're not going to compete with the PlayStation 5 or the PlayStation 6 in hardware capabilities, but they can compete with content. And so that's why Xbox is trying to change the narrative. So uh, we are going to take a quick music break and then we will uh, talk talk to OLR and maybe even talk to some of you. We'll see. We'll figure it out. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. You're listening to the Bobby Blackwell Show. Woohoo! It's a number one. I'm not sure about video game radio is number one. <laughs> I'm number one. The heck with everybody else. <laughs> You're listening to the great radio show. Now have a rotten day. <laughs> Charles Martinet not coming to Xbox consoles because he retired. Congratulations to him. Will we see Mario on Xbox consoles? I will say what's always hilarious, uh, and I, I always see this, it's great, is that a for, 
they're very good at when there is something Nintendo related that they can promote on the Xbox dashboard, they do. Because remember, you can rent movies directly from the Xbox store. And so when Super Mario Brothers came out for digital rental, they had the Super Mario Brothers movie right there on the front of the the, the, the Xbox store. Uh, it was like one of the top cards above the fold and everything. They've done it for Pokemon. Uh, you know, showed like when a new Pokemon series or something gets added, uh, they showed that they they did. Uh, I believe I even saw Last of Us uh, when when some of the Last of Us stuff that was on Max, uh, they highlighted it. So uh, they're kind of sneaky about that one. I also believe I have seen on the PS4 because we still use a PS4 for some media stuff in one of our rooms. I also see like the Halo series on Paramount Plus is promoted in the PS4 media tab and stuff. So they all do it. Nintendo doesn't do it because they don't have any media stuff. Anyway, so sometimes I will take calls. I'm going to check real quick. I don't think anybody's in our green room boys chat channel. Nope. Nobody is. Uh, so, uh, coming up next here on the voice geeks network, Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash vlog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And I haven't talked to them in a while because the last time I was on the air, there was a power outage. And then last week they were here. I wasn't here. Uh, so we like to check in with them to see what's going on. So Sacramento, are you there? I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I am doing well. It's been a while since I've yeah, been able to talk to you. Been a little bit between power outages and football games and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's been a minute. But we're all here now. We're yes. all here now. Uh, For this week, and then I won't be here next week. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. So it's just the way it works sometimes. It just happens. It happens. Yeah. But you're going to have a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So are you uh, ready to chuck out your Xbox now that Xbox games are going multi-platform? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you heard last week's show, but I'm so sick of YouTubers being so dramatic yeah. over every little thing. And uh, to what honestly amounted to be... I. Kind of nothing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to say, like, completely nothing. Like, there was there were bits and pieces in there. But, you know, again, Xbox games going multi-platform, in a sense, is not new news. And it's not their biggest titles. No. I didn't say it wasn't their best titles. I do love me some Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. But for games to go onto other platforms, especially a game like Hi-Fi Rush on the Nintendo Switch, like, a year after it's been on Xbox... It mm -hmm. makes sense. Like, why not sell more copies yeah. and have it towards a bigger audience? It doesn't like it doesn't add up why people are getting so upset. At the same time, I think Phil Spencer really made a bad call uh, in this whole thing. Um, and it's it's that tweet that he wrote last week. I think he had an opportunity to shut down a lot of not that he owes YouTubers anything, but I think he allowed some of the speculation to get way too out of control. I think he could have really shut this down with a very simple. We are committed to the Xbox platform, including hardware, and we can't wait to show you our mm -hmm. strategy next week. Like yeah. how much different would all this speculation yeah. have been if maybe he'd kind of narrowed the lane a little more. So I was very surprised in retrospect that he allowed people to get so wildly speculative uh, with this whole thing. I don't know if it yeah. was one of those like, well, even the bad news is good news kind of things, or maybe they really didn't know what they were going to say until a couple days before. I don't know, but um, I, I think that was a, from where I'm sitting, I think that was the the bad decision in this yeah. whole thing. And I do want to just kind of also very like clarify and strongly say, because Dark Tetsia says, oh, I saw a story about a rating popped up for Hi-Fi Rush, so it wouldn't be surprised me if that's one of them. We know what the four are. We know what the four games are. It's Hi-Fi Rush, Penament, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded. 
Those yeah. are the four games. We know what they are. I know it hasn't been confirmed, confirmed, but that's what they are. Right. Microsoft has not confirmed it, but when you consider that Microsoft laid off 1,900 people um, who would have nothing to lose in some senses by putting some of this out there, it's mm-hmm. um, it's all but confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and E3VL says, I'm only familiar with two of the four. So for those that aren't familiar with any of them, because there are probably people, uh, Hi-Fi Rush is actually, it was like one of my favorite games of last year, and it came out in January. It was shadow dropped on January, in January last year. Um, but it's kind of a beat, uh, it, it's a musically, a rhythmly based uh, beat em up, kind of 3D beat em up. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, so Pentiment is a very stylized, like ye old English, and everything's in ye old English, so it's kind of hard to read some. Uh, and, but it's like a, 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 it's a walking simulator, but not really. Like it's more of a dialogue heavy, very st- story heavy game. Sea of Thieves is uh, pirate ships in the Caribbean combat multiplayer game uh, done by the Rare team. And then Grounded is kind of a like a battle royale type thing, I guess, but with uh, with like tiny people. So you're like in the ground and there's ants and, you know, you're honey. I shrunk the kids, the video game, basically. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, especially with Grounded and Sea of Thieves, I don't know Pentiment as well, but mm-hmm. these are all kind of games. I know this sounds weird, but they're games that kind of feel like they're third party in a way, or they're meant yeah. to be a little more open-ended and open platform. You know, I, I think some might take issue when I say that with Sea of Thieves, but I don't care because that game needs a bigger multiplayer base. So having it on more consoles and you know mm-hmm. more places to play makes an awful lot of sense. The only one I'm not super familiar with in that much is Pentiment. But from what I'm hearing from you, you're talking about an RPG that is not something like the Elder Scrolls right. Fable or something that's one of Microsoft's big, big franchises. So it sounds like maybe you didn't get a fair shot this first time around. So it makes sense that they're open to giving it another shot. Yeah. What literally did surprise me through this whole thing, though, and I will say, you know, even though we've joked around here about that, I've gotten a lot right. Uh, there was one thing I got wrong this week, and I was convinced Starfield would be part of the games mm-hmm. that go to PlayStation 5 just because, again, that game did not get the warmest reception by some people it did, mm-hmm. but it did not get the widespread acclaim I think people were expecting. And I think especially in light of the fact that it's uh, relaunching with the DLC, you know, sort of thing, I would have thought, much like many other video games we've seen in the last few years, Diablo 3, No Man's Sky, w- the going multi-platform would be a way to really truly relaunch it. So I am a little surprised that Starfield is not one of the games they're going to do. Um, but that's also, you'll, you'll notice Phil Spencer was very clear in i'm not saying that now anyway i can see why he wanted to say that about indiana jones i'm i'm less convinced why he wanted to say that about starfield um but we'll see yeah uh and i did want to say about and i was trying to look at uh like who who made uh this but pentiment is actually by obsidian entertainment so and sure yeah so so but it's the same type of thing as like hi-fi rush where Pentiment was made by people at Obsidian, like a small team, and it was like a passion project of like 10 people. But they're like, we can do this because Game Pass exists. Game Pass funded mm-hmm. this game. It's mm-hmm. the game we wanted to make, but we knew it wouldn't be, quote unquote, commercially successful on its own. But because of Game Pass, Xbox, Xbox gave them the go ahead to like, hey, try this. And it's very it's 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 interesting. You should at least like look at it. At, at, at it's on Game Pass, 
Uh, so you should at least look at it and, and check it out for like an hour or two and see what it is because it is – it's kind of hard to put it in to words what it is. It probably feels a lot like the old Sierra point-and-click adventure games but with a very st- you know very specific art style that I've never seen in a game before. And it's like the ye old English carvings and stuff like from that time period. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I, it makes sense why each of these games is going multi-platform. And that's what makes this whole thing feel like, uh, honestly, I'm kind of like, really? This, is, this became this big of a deal for this? How did this spiral out of control so much? It's, it's interesting. It's because, it's because we like to fill in blanks. Mm-hmm. And we like to fill in between, mm-hmm. read between the lines that don't exist. Mm-hmm. And the clickbait media really helps us do that. And that's why you notice I didn't talk about this until after they said something. Mm-hmm. And I wish more people were like me. But then, well, when you have three hours to fill, Bobby Blackwolf. Well, no judging, no judging. But it's, I'm good. Also, it's good. I think we had a very measured approach yes. to it last week as yes. well. And yeah. So what measured approaches are you going to be taking this week? Well, uh, okay. You want to talk about rumors, Bobby? No. I'll drop one on your show that, uh, nope, too bad. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, a lot of rumors about the Nintendo Switch. Now it's going to be in 2025. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's getting louder and louder. You know, where there's smoke, there tends to be fire. So we'll see. Can can you delay a console that hasn't been announced? It sure seems like it, um, again, with uh, the way a lot of folks are reacting this week. And with all this talk about Microsoft, how did this news about Sony basically saying the same thing (laughs) slip under the radar? I'll tell you, it's because Sony's talking about the PC. Yeah, but that's that's also that's guess what? That's where a lot of Xbox is as well. Right. So I would argue that Sony essentially said a very similar, we'll say similar sort of thing this week, and very, way less people are talking about it. Well, that's because we'll Sony that. specifically said we're not talking about the consoles. Yes, where Xbox specifically said we're going to PlayStation Five and Switch. And to yes, them, the PC but... is a different thing. It's not, but it is. It's it's there's still a lot of when you look at the reasons why there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. So we'll get into it. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. All right. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, but OLR won't be. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to not talk about rumors and speculation. Because that's not what I do. But yes, please uh, come join us here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Join us, interact with the show directly. Uh, also, or you can find us on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord throughout the week. And um, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf at bobbyblackwolf.com on Blue Sky, uh, where you can see uh, pictures of uh, the game of Eldritch Horror that we played yesterday here at my house. We invited some people over, uh, took six hours to uh, defeat an Elder God, and we actually won, and none of us lost all our health or our sanity. Uh, it was very successful. It's not going to be successful the next time we do it, whenever that is going to be. Uh, but, um, yeah, you can all, you, so you can find me there on social media, just about everywhere else, at Bobby Black Wolf. Some platforms I post to more often than others. Uh, the sh- uh, so uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Uh, just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make the show work without the help of the chatters who went above and beyond. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. We had a hype train earlier. Fifth Dream resubscribed for the 54th time. He said just a couple of ne- weeks. No big deal. 
Yeah. S. Jaron Matt also resubscribed for the 54th time. Thank you so much. Rob Roberts cheered 100 bits. Pod Culture cheered 101 bits to take number one on the leaderboard. Then Sean322 cheered 200 bits to take number one on the leaderboard right after Pod Culture got number one. Uh, then Rob Roberts cheered 200 more bits to get back on the leaderboard. Uh, and then Mike Deft resubscribed for the 62nd time. Twitch math is weird. Uh, saying, a bit late, but I'm here now. You You arrived exactly when you meant to. I promise. Uh, so, yeah. So, I will uh, go ahead and hit that button. Uh, Questbuster says, sanity checks for everyone. You all passed. You you still have your sanity. I'm the DM. I can say that. And uh, I will see you next week. Take care, y'all. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom, although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.